Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast, episode 345. I am, uh, I'm really excited for today's show. I'm sitting down with a speaker, business development trainer, author, and good friend, Mr. Mo Bunnell. Now, through the years of experience in the industry, Mo really understands the necessity of embracing business development, also known as sales. Now, recognizing that this is a, a really crucial component, uh, isn't always a, a favorite among speakers, but Mo's going to tell us about his own transition from being an actuary to business business development expert, and what you need to do to be able to grow your own platform as a speaker. Mo also is going to share the, the do's, the don'ts of business development, the, the give to get model, which he teaches a lot, and then also how to establish sustainable business practices to ensure successful growth. His expertise is realized through the, the success of his own organization and how he has equipped countless other professionals. This is a really informative episode, so let's get right into it. Here's my conversation on embracing business development with Mo Bunnell. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Bolden here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast today, joined by my buddy Mo Bunnell. And I'm uh, really excited to be chatting with Mo, who is a, uh, a speaker, trainer, author, just all around amazing human being. Mo, thanks for being here today. How's your day going so far? Grant, I'm fired up. I went on a little run a little bit ago and I was thinking about this and what all the kind of cool value that we can add your audience. So I can't wait to dig in. We got connected through uh, some mutual friends uh, recently and I don't know, several months ago or something. And so I know we've, we've chatted several times and uh, I think the world of you. So I'm excited to uh, th that you're hanging out with us today. So let's start with this. Why don't you kind of zoom out and give us an overview of your business, uh, the Bundle Idea Group, what it is that you do, and then we'll kind of dig into how speaking fits into the mix. Yeah, perfect. So our expertise and how we add value to our audience is we teach business development skills. So we really focus on a very specific audience. It sounds it sounds broad, but there's a commonality. Somebody has one foot in the delivery of some kind of complex service. It took them years to develop that expertise to deliver that value. It could be a lawyer, a consultant, accountant, a speaker, um, an account manager at a big healthcare company, somebody like that. Uh, but they've also got a foot in business development. They might say sales. They might not. Depends on the person. But but frankly, it's sales. We can put a fancy word around it, words around it like business development. But people that have to deliver a complex expertise and help people with it, but also are on the hook to finding the next person to help. That's our audience. And then how we serve them, Grant, is the core of it is training. We have a, a training program called Grow Big. It's three intense days that teaches every single skill somebody needs to great be great at the business development part, the craft of business development. And then what they do is they bolt that onto their core craft and they can achieve great things when they have a deep expertise and also can find people to hire them for it. Gotcha. And so let's go back in time for a second. Like, how did you get into this? What was your background pre all of this? Yeah, my, my, uh, my journey starts in a moment of intense pain. <laughs> I, was, uh, 
I was an actuary. My, my career had been on rails to that point because you have to take all these exams to get it back in the day. Um, you had to take 24 different exams, pass those. Fail rate is two thirds on these things. So you're just, you can't do anything else in your life but study for these darn things for years. Passed my last exam and I, and I get promoted at my consulting firm to do business development. And one day, Grant, I went from being rewarded on client service and billable hours and being a, an accurate expert around actuarial stuff. And then the next day, I'm being rewarded on client growth. I had no idea how to do it. I went to my boss the morning after I transferred floors, got new business cards, moved offices, you know, all that kind of stuff, new title. I went to my boss, Michael, and said, hey, where, where's the manual? You know, the one on business development. Grant, I was used to studying. Yep. Every six months, I get a pile of stuff I had to learn. I thought he was going to give me a pile of stuff to learn, the business development process. And I wasn't ready for his answer. He laughed out loud at me. He slapped me on the back after some chit chat and said, you'll do great. Treat the client right. <laughs> Four words was my training. Treat the client right. So, the, so out of pure fear of failure, I spent the next several years cobbling together a system that worked for me. And then at one point, I had about $70 million, about 7% of our worldwide revenue wow. running through the accounts I was leading at the consulting firm I was at. And I started to be asked to give talks on how are you doing it? How is it working within the walls of our company? And that's when I realized I wasn't just in love with business development, which I did love at that point, but I was in love in helping others learn how to do it and do it authentically in helpful ways and things like that. So anyway, 15 years ago, a little bit more than that, I left, formed Bundle Idea Group, uh, Idea Group and now we've trained almost 20,000 experts all over the world on our Grow Big training. Wow. That's really cool. And so at some point though, you figured out what works for business development. And so you're getting some people that are asking you about that. A lot of speakers at that point will, would kind of plant their flag as I am a speaker. I am positioning myself as the expert, as the authority on this topic. I am hired, I go present. Uh, and that's kind of the end of the transaction. And so you've really taken much more of a, of a training approach. So can you kind of talk through what that looks like versus, you know, you just come in, you do a keynote or you do a workshop and that's kind of the end of it. What, how have you thought about uh, taking this concept of business development and, and really been more of a, more than just a speaker on it, but, but really um, uh, built a role of business around it? Yeah, right on. Um, it was really by accident. Um, I was talking with a, somebody, you probably know, a really, a really high-end speaker. We're good friends. We compare notes on our business and we were chatting the other day and she said she gave 80 big keynotes last year. Mm -hmm. Well, that's probably about how many we do now, but it didn't start that way. Um, how it started was a client called that, that really loved this one-on-one -on -one coaching I was doing with this sort of, at, this, at that point, sort of rudimentary system, I would say. It was more stuff in my head and a few things written down. But they said, hey, we've got a partner meeting for our firm, big consulting firm. Um, and we wondered if you could sit, if you could sort of, put together your thoughts, but put it like in a workbook. And could you come and present those to all our partners? Because these people are getting a lot of one-on-one -on -one value. You know, this person and that person is working with you, but we would like all of our partners to work with you. And, and I said, boy, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. You know, when is it? I thought it'd be like three months right. from now. They said, it's next Wednesday. <laughs> and this is Friday. And it's a three-day <laughs> weekend. Thank goodness. So I just... I said, yes. And, and I spent that entire weekend. We had even guests in town, but I felt like I, I felt just compelled to do it, called to do it. So I spent the entire weekend on my Mac, writing the copy, designing the workbook. I actually 
pulled it out for you. I know our audience can't see this, what you and I are looking at it, but it's it's 30 pages. And it's sort of the beginnings of what now has become over 800 pages of content. And I got it done. I had to beg the printer to print it without their usual delays and checks and stuff. I just, I had to have this thing printed, delivered it the next Wednesday. They absolutely loved it. And I I just realized I want to do more of this. This is fun. Yeah. And so from that standpoint, uh, because again, that's kind of a, a different type of, of speaking versus, you know, there, there's a big conference coming up and I'm hired to do a workshop or a breakout or, or yeah. a keynote, yeah. but it's a, Hey, can you come in? Can you teach this core content with a small group of people? It's happening, you know, next yeah. week. Yeah. That's a different type of model. So when you presented that, did it immediately resonate of, I want to do more of this. I want to go deeper with clients rather than here's a, you know, a one hour keynote. Here's the big picture view. Uh, it's kind of like the difference between, you know, you and I talking about this for a half hour versus you and I spending, you know, a, a full day or a couple of days together going in the weeds on implementing that. Did you immediately just resonate with, I want to go deeper, longer with people rather than just kind of the surface level stuff? I think what I, what I realized was that I just enjoy doing this. Like mm-hmm. I, it was the, the, to your point, the power that I could convey information and drive meaningful change to that organization was so much stronger with that common language, that workbook, that playbook, so to speak, yeah. um, that I just realized I want to do more of that. Now that was 29 pages at the time and a couple hours. But now our system is 17 modules, 600 pages. We've trademarked it. It's called Grow Big. People go through two days of upfront training, then they go through small group coaching, group coaching for three to six months, then a back end, um, the hardest to do parts of the training at the end of that with a little graduation ceremony at the end. And these days, Grant, now we can rev, we, we can measure how people improve in their skills. We can measure their behaviors. We can measure the dollars that come in the door from all that. And it is the, the amount of impact we can have on an organization through a process like that is so much more than I can have in a one hour keynote, even if it's in front of thousands of people. There is a purpose for that. And we do a lot of it, but it's mostly to build social proof at the organization that, hey, I like this person's stuff. We should do their training, A. Or B, it's really good for reinforcement years later after a significant number of people have gone through the training. So for us, the keynotes serve a very, speaking serves a very specific purpose. It is very important, but it more augments the training part of the business. Yeah. So, so did you decide early on that, uh, because at the time you were the one that they were hiring, that you were delivering it. And so I think for speakers like yourself who have a, like a system that can be taught and can be replicated that you have to decide at some point is the speaker, the product, meaning that they are going to hire Mo. And so we want Mo to come in and present, or is the, the system, the program, the product in which case, uh, which is more of a, of a, of a training model, which means anybody could come in and train it. You are training the trainer, so to speak. And then you're, then they are coming in and training on, on your behalf. So it sounds like ultimately that's the route you, you took, but was that a conscious decision of, I don't want this to be built based on Mo. I don't want to have to constantly have to get on a plane and go places. Um, what was the thought process kind of on the, the behind the scenes on the business model? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, it was it was a very conscious decision, and I was very wrong. <laughs> How about that for an opener? <laughs> I I was so opposed, Grant, for the system to have my name on it. I mean, it's we're, we're called Bundle Idea Group in the pro, with Big for short, and the program's called Grow Big. That of course the the entity our entity has my name on it, but I didn't want this to be about something that worked for this one guy 
and it should work for you years later. Like we base the whole thing on science, on steps. There's almost 200 different peer-reviewed studies that are the, the basis of the system. So in the very beginning, I was so darn reluctant to have it be about me. I didn't want my name on anything. I, I wanted it to be about we, about the whole community and our team. But the part I got wrong was that I could have both. So I really did a poor job of branding me as an expert that happens to own the company and do certain aspects of this. I was so focused on building other people's talent, our talent up, certifying uh, people within our client to be able to teach the program. We've had all a little less than 200 people now that have been gone through a full, almost 100-hour certification to be able to teach Grow Big Training either for us or, or in their organization. So that gives you lots of stickiness and lots of scale. The part I got wrong was I that we could have that and I can be a bit of a, a keynote person, a, you know, in a, like your audience, a, a bit of a business in the business world, a celebrity, not a celebrity in the real world, but in the business world. And that actually can give us the best of both worlds where somebody can choose to pay a little extra, but they can choose to have me deliver the keynote. And that's going to give them the author of the snowball system and the person's name that's on the book and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Or they can choose to have one of our many facilitators give the keynote. And that gives us different price points. Um, our facilitators, not all of them are keynote speakers, but some of them are really good. Every bit as good as me in some ways better. And that gives us options and the best of the world, best, best of both worlds where, where, where part of this is about the system and part of this can also be about me as the founder. Right. And so did you... Uh, did you decide, like, I, I don't necessarily want to do all the keynote speaking. Uh, I like doing the training stuff. Is there one that you like more than the other? Uh, meaning, because it sounds like part of what your role is today is is partly the, the business development, kind of the rainmaker, the I'm going to go out and speak and do the keynotes. And that's part of what is leading to the training. Is that fair? Is that accurate? One, one of our, yes and no, one of our mantras is, and I know you'll like this because I know you do it, to climb, you have to cut. And one of the things that was almost overwhelming in the early days was everybody wanted me. We haven't, we hadn't yet figured out that we should have different price points. I mean, duh, how for our facilities versus me. So everybody's like, well, well, we'll take you. You know, it took year, years to realize that. Like I'm an idiot. I was an actuary. You'd think I'd know numbers stuff, right? But I just didn't realize it because it was all about we and things like that. Um, so what happened in the beginning is I'm doing most of the facilitation. I'm actually doing the business development myself. I'm doing the lead generation. I'm developing the content. I'm doing all these things. And it just about killed me. And over time, I realized to climb, I've got to cut. So I've got to evaluate. Uh, I do it on a quarterly basis. I go back and I, I keep track of my time in five or six different buckets. I go back and evaluate our company's results, the impact we're having on clients, how much time I'm spending on one thing or another. And I aggressively, it just hap can't happen fast enough once I have the realization, I slash and cut the things that either A, I don't want to do or I don't like to do as much anymore. And then continue to try to drive myself forward learning new skills. So the stuff I like now, as of today, are I really love content creation. I really love creating the new elements of what we can do. I really love writing our weekly newsletters, which I do myself, little snippets on what people can learn to, to read in five minutes or less, but, but elevate their business development skills every single week. Like I like that stuff, yeah. but what I, what I'm getting a little tired of now are, you know, these six and eight hour staring at the zoom 
all day long and trying to do some of the other stuff I like to do. So I'm trying to really shift some of the, uh, even more of the, of the training, especially the longer stuff on Zoom these days as we're in the pandemic, trying to shift that to other people through various means so that I can do more of the, the innovation and the content creation, the lead gen stuff. Hey friends, do you know the five steps to book more gigs and get paid as a speaker? Well, if not, listen up because these same five steps that help me to grow a seven-figure speaking career are all laid out in great detail in my latest book, The Successful Speaker. Five steps for booking gigs, getting paid, and building your platform. Whether you want to speak as a side hustle or your dream is to become a full-time professional speaker, I know what it takes. I share all of that with you in this definitive step-by-step roadmap. Let me be your guide. Learn from my mistakes. Get paid what you know you're worth to share your unique message on stage. If you want to read the first chapter for free or just check out the book, go to thespeakerlab.com slash book. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash book. Check out your copy of The Successful Speaker. So the core of what you do today is uh, for the company is going to be the training. And it sounds like your um, Mo going out and speaking uh, the book, some of the other things that you may offer, uh, does everything just point back to training, training, training? You got it. That's exactly right. And when we've made mistakes, Grant, and there's been a lot of them in 15 years, it's when we get all excited about some new thing and we forget about our core is grow big training. Everything yeah. points back to grow big training. So when, you know, even a keynote grabs one, one of those 17 modules and talks about that, or it skims across the surface of all grow big. Um, the book is basically a reader's version. Snowball system is a reader's version or the audiobook, the listening version of the training. It's not as interactive. You can't ask the facilitator a question, but it packs a punch. I think that's why 800 CEO read named it uh, top five sales and marketing books of the year. Axiom Book Awards named it the number number one networking book. Ninety two thousand words, and man, every word matters. The whole system is in the snowball system. So for now, I'm I'm more trying to pick the highest profile clients, the ones I like working with the most, the ones that for various reasons want to use me for for one reason or another, um, pay the little extra to use me. That's where I can focus on from a client delivery standpoint. And then I can be involved in design and oversight and stuff like that at scale with our other clients. But we just have this amazing team that can deliver for them, whether it's training or coaching. So when you're doing the training, whether it's you or a facilitator, is that locally? I know that you're in the Atlanta area. Are people coming to you or is it more uh, a company is hiring you and the facilitator is going to them? Are you doing both? What does that look like? A little bit of both. So, so So there's two models. Uh, three models. One is we have public sessions, which we do six times a year that people can pay and, and one person can come through our growing training. It's really cool. And we, we've got one of those next week and there's 30 people in the room, all from different organizations, but they share the same concerns and want to learn the same thing. So that's, that's option one. Option two, which is 95% of, or not, maybe 80 or 90% of what we do is where we fly somewhere or we use Zoom to deliver the grow big training. We're the ones doing it but we train people. And those happen all over the world. Sotheby's, the high-end art auctioneers, um, we trained all their folks in, in, in New York, London, Paris, and Hong Kong. And the system was had remarkable results. Their top 600 people who call on billionaires and consign or sell art have went through Grow Big. Lots of big law firms, healthcare companies, folks like that. The last component of what we do is where we certify people internally at their organizations to train the course. 
We don't pass everybody. It is a rigorous process. It's all about selecting the right people that can be great facilitators on the front end. And then we can teach them to grow big content. And that third method is amazing because it gives us scale. So think of some organization that wants to train a thousand people in a couple of days, you know, over a couple month period. We can certify their folks, get them ready. And then at scale, they can go and train folks. And, and we're not there, but, but we help with the design and implementation and things like that. And that, that, boy, that gives you stickiness and scale like, like nothing else. So it sounds like uh, just random observation. It sounds like a lot of the uh, the the certification that you're doing with your facilitators or with people within their company to train uh, other people or even just the content itself. How much of that goes back to just your actuary days of just heavy, heavy, heavy content, uh, lots and lots and lots of meat, lots of exams, lots of um, just like you really got to soak this in. Do you feel like that that had a big impact on how you run the business today? It did, but 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 right after that. So that moment that I was in, I joked about it, but it was true. That moment that I was in complete fear, like what the heck did I do to say yes to move roles? Yeah. You know, it was that moment. It was right after the actual exams that that created that. What I wanted in that moment, when I was look, when I asked my 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 new boss Michael, he was twenty some years ago, and I asked him for the manual on business development, air quotes around the manual. What I wanted was I wanted a system that was comprehensive. I wanted every single thing around business development from targeting who I wanted to meet, to lead generation, to creating demand, to developing deep, really meaningful relationships and being helpful, to, to closing, be able to talk about money and op- overcome objections and close deals and expand client work after, their, after the, sign, uh, the signature happens. I wanted everything end to end, one. Two, I wanted it based on science. Some actuarial stuff seeps into that, of course, like not something that worked for some guy a long time ago, but I wanted stuff based on psychology, behavioral science, neuroscience. And the third thing I wanted was something authentic, something that I felt like literally I could, I had this in my mind. I wanted to be able to tell a prospect exactly what I was doing and why I was doing it. And they would love it because it was mutually benefit. Whatever I was doing sales wise, air quotes, Whatever I was doing was mutually beneficial where they win and I win. And that's what I wanted. So all the meat around Grow Big, the reason it's 600 pages, the the reason Snowball System, the book is 92,000 words, is that was our goal for those things too. I just, in in a nut, I sort of have spent my life developing this thing I wanted in the beginning, not realizing other people would want it. I built it for me and then it became a product and then it became a company. When you were early on there, you you leave the actuary role and you're, it sounds like you're doing business development. You kind of figure out what works. You're ready to do your own thing. Uh, you mentioned that you have worked with a, a huge uh, variety of different clients and industries, you know, healthcare, realtors, lawyers, um, uh, big auction houses, and so on and so forth. Uh, one of the big challenges that speakers have is they when they're clear on here's the problem that I saw for individuals or for companies, whatever it may be, we, we tend to want to spread the net as far and wide as possible. And so something like business development is relevant for any business, right? So you could hypothetically teach this to anybody and everybody, but you know, we both know that the more wide you try to go, the more it starts to appeal to everybody and nobody at the same time. And over time, like you mentioned, you've been at this for a long time, you can start to expand, you know, to some other type of ancillary type of industries. But early on, how did you kind of think about that? 
that of like, were you focused on, Hey, I'm just going to focus on healthcare or just going to focus on attorneys or what, you know, one specific industry over time and then kind of add some, or how did you kind of make sure that this one topic that's relevant for any business of any size doesn't become watered down. And so it's really, really clear who you're actually solving the problem for. Yeah. Um, we think of, so we've got a module on this called positioning. So like here, this is actually one of the things we teach. So it's fun to chat about it with you. And I think you've been really good about your positioning and the problem you solve and who it's for and things like that. So I think you're good at this. I think for us, the beginning several clients that we had were sort of right down the strike zone of what I was used to doing. They were mostly consulting firms. That's what I knew. That's the vernacular I had in my head. That's the language I had. When we, when we landed our first major law firm client, somebody in the AmLaw 100, it took a long time because that's a very reticent industry. They want to know you, you know their language. You don't say project, you, you say matter. You know, you've got to know the language of the industry. So the first one was sort of difficult. I led all those trainings for a long time. Yeah. Now a team of folks supports that particular client and they're one of my favorites of all time. But once we had success with them, the second one was a little easier and the third was a little easier. So at first started with consulting, then it branched off into what I would call professional services. We started to get commercial insurance brokers. We started to get architects. We started to get engineers. We started to get all kinds of accountants, folks in professional services. And then because I had been a healthcare actuary, I knew healthcare pretty well. Mm -hmm. Well, account managers at a big healthcare company They've got one foot in delivery and one foot in retention or growth. So our stuff just fits like perfectly with them. So we do a ton in the healthcare industry. It's some of the biggest healthcare carriers and brokers and consultants um, in the world. And then I consider our positioning anywhere somebody has one foot in delivery and one foot in business development. And if that resonates with somebody, we're a great fit. If they're just pure sales and it's all about it, if they say things like it's a numbers game, you just got to talk to a lot of people and it work. You know, like if you're selling um, telephony services to somebody or internet services or things like that, that's just not a good fit for us. It, it, the, 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 we're going to be too expensive. It's so much more transactional. We're a great fit where relation, the long-term relationship is paramount, but you still have to grow your business. Right. So even today, are you thinking about like new industries that you could potentially break into? Or are you still looking through the lens of, hey, these are the you know three, four, five verticals that we help, that we work with. We're best there. There's some others that we could potentially do something with, but we want to stay in our lane here. Like, how do you think about the balance of, there's always going to, like, there's always more opportunity. The grass is greener elsewhere, more things that you could potentially do. Yep. But how do you balance that with the you know, let's, let's work with what we got, with what, what's working, with what's got us to this point versus trying to become all things to all people? Man, I, I can tell it from our email newsletter, which is called Grow Big Playbook. People can actually go to growbigplaybook.com and sign up. I can tell by who signed up, signs up in their company name, you know, if we've, got our, if we've got our marketing right, if we've got our positioning right, if we've got our message right, the way we help people. And I think at this point, Grant, we're staying in our lane. That, the way I described before, that's who we serve. Yeah. If we end up, you know, I think of positioning like a dimmer switch, not a light switch, where you sort of change over time. But I think at this point, we, we've got that figured out and it works really well. Now, if somebody does come in and they're a full-time sales group, but they sell something that's more relational than transactional, that can still fit with us. So we'll take that reactively if that drops in our lap because somebody got a strong referral or made a strong referral to someone or whatever. It makes total sense. We do a lot of full-time sales teams. 
but we but we tend to think of that more as a reactive part of the business where our, all of our pro, proactive outbound efforts are focused on the the group like I described it. I gotcha. So uh, you've referenced a couple times the book, uh, the Snowball System. Uh, can you talk us through the the book, what it's about, and then also how can speakers benefit from that and apply the Snowball System to their own business? Because ultimately, their their goal right now is to book gigs, um, whether that's in person or virtual. But we're trying to book gigs, and so what can we learn from the Snowball System that will help speakers to book more gigs? Yeah, well, that's a great question. I would love to answer that, Grant. If people <laughs> can see us, they could see I have a product placement and I'm smiling and pointing <laughs> at the book. <laughs> but but in all honesty, all the jokes aside, um, the, what, what the snowball system covers is every skill that an expert needs to grow their business, like literally every skill. So it's it it covers how do you meet the people, how do you talk, how do you position yourself uniquely, yeah. how do you meet the people you want to meet but you haven't met them yet, using value in a way that you're magnetically being attracted to them. They want to meet you. Um, how do you create demand? for your services, by asking really provocative questions, by getting in meaningful discussions about their goals. How do you follow up after you meet them in a way that shows you care about them as a human being in addition to the potential commercial opportunity? I mean, you personally are really, really good at following up like we've talked on on our podcast. Um, How do you deepen those relationships over time? How do you, at the right times, talk about the the commercial part of the business that we might actually be able to to be hired and, and help? How do you do that? And then all the nuts and bolts around how do you overcome objections? How do you talk about money with confidence? How do you get the deal signed? And then most importantly, I think for speakers is how do you expand from there? Because it's so the half-life for speaking is is in days, whereas the half-life for our training is like in years, like people remember it. And you've got to, you've got to have a plan when you get that gig to think about what's next and say it to that prospect while you're there or right afterwards, hopefully preferably while you're there so that you can potentially win follow-up work because the half-life is so short with speaking. Is that helpful at all the way I described that? Yeah. So when you walk through that process there and all the different stages that go into that, what do you feel like is the the most difficult part for people where people get stuck or where people have a difficult time actually implementing and applying? Mm. Well, it's tough because there's two answers. Answer A is everybody is coming into the snowball system. And I just hear this from readers all the time because they're coming at it from a different place. One person might be 63 years old and have a massive, amazing network. Another person might be 22 trying to validate as a commercial insurance broker and they have no network. They they have no something, no platform to, to execute on. So depending on where somebody, answer A is depending on where somebody's coming from, they're gonna grab a hold of a different aspect. So that that's sort of the, the first thing. Now, if if you if you made me pick one thing, I think the thing most people miss is how do you effectively create demand for your services? Most people thought a little bit about how do I, who do I want to meet, how do I meet the, how do I meet them, things like that. But we've got a whole chapter in Snowball System. It's called Trap Chapter. It's Chapter Five, and it's in detail covers what we call our Give to Get model. How can you give away little bite-sized pieces of your time, usually in 30 to 60 minute increments, to let somebody actually see what you do, where Mm -hmm. you're helping them, as opposed to you talking about what you do? And we see when people offer the right give to gets to the right people, their their flow through rate to commercial, a commercial transaction to a signed contract can be 80, 90 plus percent. And they're actually helping instead of selling. So it just feels great from our side, it has 80 or 90% effectiveness to get to commercial transactions. 
And when people apply the give to get model effectively, their business just skyrockets. So what would you say to the speaker who's, who's hears that and says, okay, well, if, if I'm going to give, you know, let's say 30 to 60 minutes of my time to help a potential client that I'm helping books me, um, that's the equivalent of, of a talk, you know? So am yeah. I just giving away my entire talk or am I giving away the farm by doing that? Uh, what would that look like for a speaker who their product is a, a 30 to 60 minute talk? Yeah. So it could be that. Um, it could be giving away the talk, but only with specific criteria to key decision makers to an association where there could be 200 potential uh, clients in the room, you know, things like that. So targeting, if uh, the, the difference between talking about what you do and actually doing what you do, actually actively helping people can be tremendously powerful. The key is doing it for the right people. So to your point, for a speaker where the talk is the product, if we can very strategically, not for everybody, but if we can very strategically give a portion of the talk away, Mm -hmm. or, or the whole thing for the right audience, where you think there could be a, in some organizations, you could get booked 15 or 20 times because of how decentralized they are around the world. There are different lines of business, something like that. So say you could give a give to get for one of those organizations that really need your content. And you say very clearly up front, I'd like to invest in this relationship. I want to be helpful for you. I'm willing to give 30 of the first 30 minutes of my 60 minute talk away at no charge if people like X, Y, and Z can be in the room or on the Zoom call. Yeah. So we're going to constrain it a little bit. We may not give everything. We want to leave them wanting a little bit more. That's actually really important around a give to get. Um, and But we needed, that's thing one. Thing two is we've got to do it for the right people. So I am I want to be really clear. I am not suggesting we should give our, give our big brains away to everybody. But if we can target the right people, a 30-minute investment with a little bit of prep ahead of time can could lead to hundreds of thousand dollars of work. Whereas if you don't give it away, you're just like everybody else and you're sending them your videos on your website and you're sharing your prices and you're crossing your fingers and hoping you win the day. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, let's wrap up with this. You you mentioned that you know part of the role of a speaker and just the the service providers that you would work with is you're wearing the the business development hat and then you're wearing the delivery hat. And for most speakers, they they lean toward the delivery hat, the part of, of getting on stage, uh, being in front of an audience, of connecting with people. Like that's the part that we like. But if you don't do the business development part, you don't get to do the delivery part, the part that for so many speakers that they enjoy. So uh, what would you say to speakers who are going like, I, I don't I don't love the business development stuff. I don't feel like I'm good at it. Uh, I'm a good speaker, but I'm not a good entrepreneur. Uh, I, I don't enjoy the business development. I just want to speak. Uh, so many speakers are saying, I, I just want to hire an agent or a bureau or someone else to do the business development stuff. What would you say to them to help them to understand that uh, part of being a speaker is being a speaker. A part of being a speaker is the business development part of, and just running the business. Yes. I'll give you three answers. One is nobody, nobody can close and represent yourself like you can. Yeah, agree. Nobody. Yep. I, we've got some speaker bureaus that we're signed up for. I guarantee nobody can carry our water like we can carry our water and nobody can be as effective as the speaker themselves. Yeah. They're the ones that know. They're the ones that have the content. There's the ones that know what can be tweaked. They're the ones that know how, how you can perfectly design the, the talk that accomplishes the goals of the, of the other side. Um, I'm not saying speaker beers are bad, but still use them. It's a great strategy, but your flow through rate is going to be much higher if you're doing the work. That's Agreed. thing one. Second of the three things, is that you learn to love things you get good at. Mm -hmm. 
So one of our mantras is think big, start small, scale up. A lot of people can come to the conclusion that I could never be a rainmaker like so-and-so, whoever I have in my mind. But they miss the point that business development, like any complex skill, is a learnable skill. You weren't born out of the womb being a great speaker. You've honed your craft. You beat yourself up when you said that word a little bit wrong. You know, you prepped before the really big one, whatever. Well, that speaking is a learnable skill. And just like business development is a learnable skill. And as you start to have success, you start to like it, like it more. The third thing I'll mention, this last one is we've got a complimentary course on this exact thing. It's at bdhabits.com, B for business, D for development, bdhabits.com. It's 100% complimentary. You all, all of the listeners probably have complimentary courses too, or something like that. This one is chock full of insights, downloads, tools, videos, everything you need to get started with business development. And it's at bdhabits.com. It's awesome. Awesome. Mo, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. You mentioned bdhabits.com. We talked about the book, The Snowball System. Where else can we find what you're up to and, and what you have going on? Yeah, uh, connect with us on all the social media platforms. Um, that's an easy thing. But I'd, I'd probably, if, if I gave, gave one idea to everybody, I think a great presentation is like a sidewalk. It leads you to one choice. bdhabits.com is probably the best one. Awesome. Mo, we appreciate the time. Love it. Thanks, Grant. You're the best. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab Podcast. And before you take off, don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review within iTunes. We read every single one of those. It helps, it helps other people to find the show. Listen, we, we don't charge anything for you to listen to these. We don't have any ads or anything. We do this because we want to serve and support speakers like you. So one small favor we ask of you is that you would leave us some type of rating and review. Again, we really, really do appreciate that. If you're looking for more help, support as a speaker as you build and grow your business at whatever stage you're at, don't forget to check out thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. We got a ton of free resources and tools over there. So again, check it out over at thespeakerlab.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.